welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm your host, Kurt Flagel, and I think we have the perfect show for the day after Thanksgiving. This is the story of my good friend, Mark Massagi, who went through a terrible tragedy in his life, only to discover God's triumph in the midst of it. Now, the content of Mark's story is incredible. However, I have to warn you that we were doing this over Zoom, so the quality of the recording isn't the greatest. But if you will be patient and hang in there with us, especially for those of you who understand what tragedy looks like, I think you'll find hope, as Mark did. It really is a story of gratitude. So without any further delay, let's get started. Mark, thank you for being my guest on the show and a really good friend of mine as well. So thank you for both of those things. Well, thank you for having me here, Kurt. I'm uh, honored to be here with you today. You you have uh, a great story uh, that you get to share with us of how God has turned your mess into uh, your message. And uh, I love what you just said, that your name is Mark Massagi, but what did you say tonight? You get to be what? Uh, today I'll be Mark Messagey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to to look back at our life and see like the stuff that we were sure was going to be a tragedy and then watch how God brings gifts out of the mess and turns our tragedy into triumph. And so you have a, you have a few stories in your life. I hope we get to talk about all of them and uh, especially here. But tonight, there's one particular one that uh, we get to talk about. And I think it's really timely that we are going to be broadcasting this for the first time on the the day after Thanksgiving, on Black Friday, because there's a lot to be grateful for in this story. So tell us what, uh, what happened. What was the tragedy or what it looked to be tragedy in the mess that you find yourself in? Well, uh, let me just tell you that before I get to that that spot, I just want to let you know that for a few months prior to uh, the day that, that God blessed me with what we're going to talk about today, we're going to reveal, but I, I just was starting to get really sick for no reason. When I say sick, I meant my body was just unhealthy. I was gaining weight. I was doing everything I could to try to lose weight. I was I was running. I was working out. I was putting everything I eat into it, and I was just getting unhealthy and out of shape. I went to the doctor tr- looking for answers. They didn't have anything. The doctor just said, welcome to getting older, you know, <laughs> and that was it. I, I was just supposed to live with it, and uh, then I started getting like bad heartburn and acid indigestion and I started taking over-the-counter medicine I went back to the doctor and he's like well if it's working for you then uh then just keep taking it you know but then the crazy thing is is when you buy things online then they start showing up on your Facebook feed and I started getting uh Facebook ads for this product I was buying and realizing that that's not good for me and I tried even harder for months and months to change my life and uh and to get myself healthy and I just was having uh, no luck at all. Things were just getting worse. And I was, I was so miserable at that time in my life. that I was just not feeling good on the inside. Then something super amazing happened one day. And uh, it started off with uh, days earlier, actually. I got to tell this part because it's so uh, crazy to me. One night, all of a sudden, I woke up in uh, May night. I always fall asleep on the couch. And I woke up and I was shivering. And I was freezing so bad. And I was struggling to get to my room and my body was shaking so bad I honestly thought I was going to give myself a heart attack just because my heart was shaking so bad and it was uh, so odd because it wasn't cold at all 
but I got to my room and I had all these clothes in my bed and I used my feet. I just kicked them away, bundled myself up and uh, fell asleep. Well, little did I know that, uh, that this was going to, this was all part of the plan, I believe, at least from the plan, the way I look back and see it. Because uh, days later, all of a sudden, it was probably about 3.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday, my back just started hurting just a little bit. And I left uh, my office that day. I couldn't even get into my car. And when I got home, it was hard to get out of my car. And the next day was Sunday, and uh, I didn't go to church for the first time in a long time. Uh, the next day was Monday. I usually go to my, my small group. I, I couldn't do it that day. And then two days later, I actually called in sick to work, which I hadn't called in sick for years. And that's when one of my friends who worked at a hospital said, hey, why don't you come in and let me give you an ultrasound and see what's going on with your back? And it was my uh, left hand lower back, like where my kidney is. And um, he came in, uh, I came into the hospital and he came over and he gave me an ultrasound and he said, hey, you know, everything looks good. But as long as you're here, let's check the other side. And all of a sudden he moves to the other side and I see his eyes grow large, like in half a second and go back. And he's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, is everything okay? Well, he left and he came back a minute later with the doctor. And uh, the doctor walked in. The doctor was like, hey, how you doing? And the doctor saw the, the screen. And he's like, you have a tumor on your kidney that's as big as your kidney. It needs to come out right away. And you're going to be out of work for two months. I was just like, Okay. I and mean, what can I say? That's not my doctor. I just heard the shocking news. I can't argue with him about it because it's what the truth is. And mm -hmm. I can't really ask him anything because he's doing me a favor by even coming in and seeing this. But the interesting part about this that I just want to say right now is at that very second, the pain on my left hand side went away. I had this pain, but because I was having it checked out, something was discovered that would not have been seen if it hadn't been for that back pain. So that's the very first start of God blessing me with this process because that tumor was there and had, had it not been for that backache, I wouldn't have found that out for years until it became uh, uh, worse and who knows what would have happened. But that's where I was. All of a sudden I uh, found out I had a tumor on my kidney and had to come out. What rises to my mind as you're talking about this is how much all of us hate pain, right? We do what, whatever we can to avoid feeling pain. And yet, how often pain is an early warning system that God uses to show us deeper issues so that we will see what's going on and turn it over to him, right? The whole thing that you just shared was because you were, were aware of this pain and you, you didn't internalize it, you didn't try to deal with it on your own, you invited a friend, you shared what was going on with a friend who gave you great advice, which led you to invite other people in and you discovered a root issue underneath that pain that you would have never discovered if you just continued to try to avoid the pain and to avoid dealing with it and try to find some way of suppressing it, right? We do that all the time on an emotional level. We don't want to deal with relational pain or emotional pain, scars that we carry from our family of origin who have hurt us. And rather than deal with the wounds, we suppress them. We find other things to focus on. We, we, deal, we, we go to whatever, alcohol, Netflix, shopping, whatever, to avoid dealing, seeing the pain, 
acknowledging it and dealing with it. And yet under that pain, there's, there's wounds that need to be healed that we don't even know we're operating out of that the enemy uses to speak lies to us about who God is and who we are because the wounds warp our sense of understanding of our identity and God's identity. And it's only when we pay attention to the pain that we allow God in to show us the wounds. And when we, when we deal with those wounds, we remove the amplifier, the megaphone that the enemy has been speaking out of louder than God's voice. No one wanted, wants pain, but God allows pain to sh- wake us up to deeper issues so that we'll surrender them to him. And like a surgeon, he can cut them out. Well, you make a great point. I can't tell you how many times I put a Band-Aid on something and it seemed like I left it there for the rest of my life. And one day the Band-Aid falls off and I've got a wound now I have to deal with because I didn't deal with it earlier. So you, you make a lot of sense there, Kurt. Mm. I got to tell you, this whole experience you know, changed my life in a way that I can't wait to get to the end of the story just because it's so exciting for me. Because what happened next is I leave there. <laughs> I, leave the, I leave the hospital. And the first thing I do is I... I actually I was going to call you to tell you the truth because I had to tell you or, you know, I was, uh, I was with a friend just then, but I was going to call you. But then the, this is the funny part is when I was, I picked up the phone and I was going to dial your number, but then I thought, no, no, because Kurt's going to tell me everything's going to be okay. And I don't want to hear that yet. <laughs> so I called up, I called up a different friend and it went to voicemail. I'm like, all right. So I call you next. Uh, that um, second later, it goes to voicemail. I'm like, all right, well, let me call my mom. It went to voicemail. Uh, let me call another friend. It went to voicemail. And then all of a sudden, something just occurred to me. And uh, by the way, I got to tell you, I learned how to play the piano when I was a, a kid. I took piano lessons. And part of that was uh, counting measures. And for the rest of my life, I'm always counting measures in my head or I'm clicking my teeth like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. <laughs> so my, my mind is never at peace. And so a lot of times I have to drown it out with white noise. I've always got the radio on. I've got a fan while I'm sleeping all night long. Well, I'm in my car getting ready to leave the hospital. I can't get a hold of anybody. So I just turn the music off and all of a sudden I'm just resting in silence with God. I'm not, I'm not broken down. I'm not horrified. I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not anything. It's just all like, it is what it is kind of. And, and I, uh, I call up my office. I'm supposed to work that day. I, and actually I called my doctor, my doctor's office. I'm like, I need to come in. I need to get into the system. There's something big going on. They, they couldn't take my word for it. But uh, so I called my doctor and then I called my work and said, hey, I'm going to be late because I have to go into my doctor's office. And I, I drove home in silence and I uh, sat in the living room in silence until it was time to go to my doctor's appointment. And then I went to my doctor's appointment in silence and um, they took the test they had to. And, and so they could get me in the system and eventually they'd have to give me the referrals to go on to the specialist. But so there wasn't much that could be done that day. And I went home after that and still in silence, the radio's down and I get to my, I realize, okay, there's work that needs to be done. Other people at my, that work with me, they can't do what they need to do unless I finish this project that needs to be done by the end of the day. So I head to my office probably about seven o'clock that night and I'm just going to work for just a, just a real quickly. But the interesting thing is, and this is uh, still just blows me away, is that without going any deeper into it, I'll just say that my whole life, I've, God's kind of communicated to me in music. And whenever I've been traveling or in a foreign city or country or whatever, 
all of a sudden, like if one of my favorite bands came on, I just knew it was kind of like God saying, hey, I'm here with you and everything's going to be great. I didn't used to think it was God. I actually think, hey, it's my lucky song or whatever, <laughs> until I realized that, uh, no, it's, a, it's blessings from God. It's not just a random luck. Well, in any case, so I, um, I go to work. I go, I turn the radio on. And all of a sudden, the song that God sends me uh, uh, many times to, that at least that I think that's saying he's with me, I turn the radio on and that song just starts playing that very second, like I just pressed play. It started from the very beginning, like, like perfectly from the beginning. And all of a sudden, I just said out of nowhere, I'm like, I'm listening, God. And, and I didn't know why I said that. So I started laughing to myself saying, why did I just say I'm listening, God? And I didn't realize that it was because at that moment, I just started listening for what was about to come. I didn't realize that. And um, a couple of days later, I'm still sitting in silence. I'm still not playing music. I'm uh, again, I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm thinking in my head, but it's not that I'm going to die or anything. I'm just, just thinking, okay, this is what I'm going through. Well, anyway, here's the, here's what the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful part of the story is, is that, well, there's many wonderful parts, but the next phase that it was Sunday now, and I went to church again, I go to church in silence. I I'm there in church. I hear the music. I leave church, the radio down, and I'm heading over to my mom's house. I don't want my mom to be worried. So I decided to turn the radio up. And there was some like this late 70s, early 80s song comes on from six. And it's talking about how, oh, things aren't going well. And oh, gosh, the plans aren't going to happen like we thought. I'm like, woe is me. This is my life. Things aren't going like I thought. But then all of a sudden, the song says, but we'll carry on. And all of a sudden, I just start thinking like, you know, hey, you know what? I mean, this isn't a bad thing. God blessed me. I mean, I got to go in to the doctor and find something that I wouldn't have discovered for years because of a backache that disappeared the minute that I discovered I had something else. So this isn't a curse. This is a blessing. Gave me this opportunity to be healed. And all of a sudden I was just full of joy and like back to where I always, like I used to be like normal. And, um, so the next day I go to my men's group and I tell the guys in my men's group, I'm like, hey, I'm so excited, you know, because even though I'm going through this, I heard this song. And it just gave me hope. And in fact, I got to go and, and read the rest of those words. I want to know what those words say. And um, this part that I'd never knew before, it said, a gathering of angels appeared above my head. They sang to me the song of hope. And this is what it said. And I just started crying because it was a song of hope. I mean, and I didn't even know those words were in there about an angel and and it was just like oh my gosh that's that's this is true this is really happening and the first thing you think you want to do is like i want to go and tell everybody on facebook so i can get all their sympathy or whatever it was and but for some reason i didn't do that and then god revealed to me he's like you're not going to tell anybody about this right now and um, you're just going to keep this to yourself instead you're going to tell the story a year from now Mm. on a church stage and that way it's not going to be about you it's going to be about how i healed you I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, how is that going to happen? Because I had worked at a church previously, but at that moment in time, I was not working at a church. I'm like, well, you know, my, I had a friend that, you know, that organized like men's breakfast. I'm like, well, maybe that's what God means. I don't know what it is, but I just trusted that that's not impossible. But God told me that not to tell anyone. So I didn't post it on Facebook. I didn't share if any, just a few close people. You were one of them, my men's group, my mom. I even had Rella call me, you know, months later, like, I just found this out because I didn't tell anybody. And so in any case, so, so that was the cool part. God told me, you're not going to tell anybody. and It's, it's going to be about me healing you. Well, uh, so here's what happened next is that um, a couple of my friends, there were actually three of them, and, uh, and I love these guys so much. And uh, 
but they said, hey, we're really worried about this tumor, actually, that it could be cancer. And if it is cancer, then cancer feeds off sugar. So what we want you to do is we want you to change your diet and we want you to eliminate all the sugar in your life. So that way, maybe the tumor can shrink a little bit, or at least maybe it won't grow. And um, now at this point, God had already told me that he was going to heal me. So when they told me this, I'm like, all right, because I knew God had sent them into my life. There was no question about it, you know, that God wanted me to do whatever he sent my way. Now, these guys had gone through their own health problems before. One of my friends, his wife had gone through several things. So he had researched these things. He was very wise. Another of my friend, uh, he was always eating healthy. And I used to tease him about it all the time being like, man, you know, you're just depriving yourself because you're just eating the strict diet. You know, you're, you're just not having any fun. What kind of life is that? And um, they wanted me to go on a juice fast. So I was going to go on a, like a two month juice fast. I decided, okay, well, yeah, I'll do that. No problem at all. So I was going to juice in the morning and then I was going to go off the Daniel fast. Now, Kurt, you and I did the Daniel fast together one time. So that wasn't too hard for me to do that. I knew I could get through that because I had done it before. So I ordered a juicer and got everything ready. I'm willing to do this. And what I was going to do is um, I was going to start eating just more raw food. Would you tell us like what's included, uh, what you can eat, what you cannot eat in the Daniel fast? Sure, I will. And I'll just, uh, you know, uh, there, if you look this up, you might find there's more than I'm actually talking about, but pretty much it's all natural foods. I mean, it's not, it's things that God made, things that, that are from his creation, things that Daniel could have had, uh, things that, uh, things that didn't have preservatives, just uh, all natural pretty much. And uh, uh, there's way more to it, but it's just, uh, it's just real simple foods. So I agreed to that. So, um, so we start off in the juice fast and then I'm going to have like a, like a healthy, uh, like, smoothie kind of thing for lunch and then for dinner I'll have my uh raw food and the first day I sit down and I'm just gonna have a salad and I uh and it was just a plain salad no lettuce and it was awful it was <laughs> just so terrible I didn't realize it because I'd always been saturating my food with uh you know salad dressings and all that and uh so it was awful and the second day again it was just awful but all of a sudden I realized this is going to be miserable and then also what happened was we were going through the, um, the juicing and I was like, all right, we were doing the juicing and I'm like, this tastes great. Of course I can drink juice for the next month. That's not going to be any problem at all. Well, then one of the buddies that was working with me, um, he's like, Hey Mark, you know, if we're trying to get sugar out of your diet, then, then you shouldn't be eating, uh, fruit. You should be drinking fruit juice because that has lots of natural sugars in there. And in fact, uh, even for you, uh, so you have to switch to vegetables, but even then it can't be the vegetables that have any flavor because they probably have their own, uh, fruit juice, I mean, their own uh, glucose or sucrose or whatever it is in them too. So I went to like all like kale, celery, whatever. And it was awful that they had these, these weren't anything you would pay for at, at a fancy place. I mean, they were, they were so awful. And, um, and again, I thought it was just going to be terrible. And, um, but then something crazy happened uh, just in terms of like, well, maybe I can make this salad taste better one day. And I don't know what I was thinking. I just heard of oil and vinegar. So I just took some olive oil and some organic apple cider vinegar and just put half and half. And you know what? That just changed it. All of a sudden, that was like one of the best salads I ever had. In fact, I got to tell you, to this day, every day for lunch at work, I take a salad to work and I have half apple cider vinegar and half olive oil. And that's mm. like a staple in my life now. Eating healthy, and maybe it sounds like, a, like, oh, you know, you're depriving yourself, you know, because you won't eat all your candy and pie. It reminds me of in my 20s, you know, I used to uh, go out, uh, you know, happy hour with my friends every night, uh, frat parties or whatever in the day too. And, and those were lots of fun. So you thought, but then the next day you felt terrible. 
So what was the, how could you not feel terrible? Well, don't eat, don't drink the bad things. So how could maybe I not feel worse in life? Well, don't eat the bad things, right? So in any case, so here's what's happening. I get into the uh, doctor's system and, it, and it's taking longer. And the doctor said it's going to be months away. And I've got plans actually for a couple months away. So I'm all worried now, like, am I going to be able to take my trip? Is it going to, am I going to have the surgery before my trip? Am I going to have enough time to heal after my trip? Am I, you know, or whatever. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking about things like that shouldn't even matter. But, but in a sense, it, it, was, it was kind of fun because it gave me like a goal. Like, I, you know, I want to get this done. I want to get this fixed. Well, in any case, um, I, I was getting out of shape prior to this. You know, and at this point in my life, I think I told you I was 30 pounds overweight. Well, this juice fast and this diet, they started working so quickly that I started losing weight so quickly. And in a couple of months, I had lost like 20 pounds where I was starting to look skinny. So it was funny because I would go places and people would see me and the looks on their face, like when they didn't think I was seeing, they were horrified because they saw that I was losing weight so quickly that they could only assume something bad was going on with me. Mm. And people would come up to me and they'd be like, you know, uh, hi, hey, Mark, uh, how you doing? Uh, how you feeling? You know, and, uh, and the thing is, I'd made a commitment to God that I wasn't going to tell anybody about this. So I had to answer them in a way that was like, you know, hey, I'm feeling good today. How are you? Because I didn't want to say anything about this. In any case, so I'm losing weight and losing weight and going through this. And then finally, I go to the doctor for, and we're talking about the surgery now. And he tells me, okay, here's the deal. Um, we're going to set this, the surgery and we have, there's two options. We can have the, uh, a machine can go in and the machine will go in. They'll just slice out, slice you open. They'll take out your kidney real easily and close you back up and you'll be out of work for six weeks. I was like, or I can go in and I can try to uh, save, see if I can save part of your kidney if possible. That's going to be a bigger surgery. And to do that, we're going to have to take out two of your ribs. So that's going to be a lot more painful too. And it'll be about two months worth of a recovery time. Well, I'm thinking, I said, well, you know, just do the, the robot surgery. That's fine. You know, whatever. And he's like, all right, I can't tell you what to do, but just to make sure, let me tell you your options again. <laughs> so he repeated. So then I realized that he wanted me to go for the second one. So he set it up to, uh, that he's going to go in and he's going to take out two of my ribs and that's going to be the painful part. Well, in any case, the surgery is put off now. This, this originally had happened back at the end of May, and now the surgery was set for the end of October. And I was actually attending school. God had also told me years earlier to go back to school. And at that point, um, I think I had the summer off, uh, but I was starting up again, and my next class was going to be in uh, November. So that everything worked out perfect. I'll have the surgery, and then while I'm recovering, I'll be taking my classes. Everything will be just fine. And I got my schedule cleared, and because of this, the trip that I had planned, I think it was the end of August or early September, I got to take. Mm. And I was going to Southern California, and it was, uh, it was kind of fun. I was going to see my favorite band, the band that was played uh, when I told you when I heard that song. In fact, let me go back, if I can, uh, before I get there, because I got to tell you, God was communicating music during this time. He was soothing my heart with music. I was hearing songs. I would be in the, in the, the shower just getting ready and just uh, – while the water's pouring, I had the music on, and all of a sudden my mind would be wandering, and I would start thinking these things, and and all of a sudden whatever I was thinking, then God would like play like then that that so, uh, the song that was playing would like say the exact same words to catch my attention. Hmm. But that wasn't what God's message was. God just got my attention, and then like seconds later another song would come on, and it would be some, something like "Mark, I love you" or <laughs> whatever it was, you know. So God would get my attention, and He would uh, He would uh, 
then he would reveal to me and give me peace and comfort in the songs that would follow. In fact, it was, I was also do, do, doing this body cleanse. I went through uh, all these different cleanses, including a, uh, a colon cleanse, all these different kind of cleanses. I try to get all the, the bad out of my body um, at that point. Once I was off of the uh, fast I was on, then I went to this organic diet. So I got rid of all the chemicals and preser preservatives and additives, which is, I think was uh, part of the reason that my body wasn't functioning properly. Well, there was one day when uh, some of these cleanses were just affecting my body really harsh. And I was heading to work one day and all of a sudden, and I was just, and I was just in a lot of pain because of a, of a cleanse that I was doing. It was just really uncomfortable so much. And I still, <laughs> I still had the music down. I still was driving around in silence and everything. And I'm driving to work and, I, and I'm stuck in traffic now because there was some road construction going on. And I said, God, I go, go, is this really what you want for me to be doing? Is this fast? I go, if this is what you want, please just give me a sign just to know this is what you want. And then, and as soon as I said that, like a second, I'm like, God, I'm sorry. God, I, I totally trust you hundred percent. You already gave me a sign. You already told me what I wanted, God. I'm sorry. I said that. I know that this is what you want for me, God. And uh, because he'd already revealed himself to me. So I'm sitting there sitting stuck now, so I can't do anything. And all of a sudden I look down at my radio and the title of this song that God had revealed to me the first time, you know, that the one I talked about, it starts going across my radio because I can see the words, even though I have the music down. And there's a song and I start laughing like, hey, the song's on the radio. How funny. And, uh, you know, because what, what kind of timing is that? But then I turn up the radio and realize the song just started. Like when I asked God to send me a signal, all of a sudden he sent me this song, but I had my radio turned down so I couldn't have heard it. So all of a sudden I hear the words are coming across. So that song started playing immediately after I asked God to send me a signal, but I couldn't hear it. So again, I got to read the words and now again, I just start crying because I asked God for a signal and he sent me the only signal I would recognize from him, which was an audio signal, but I had the audio down. So he sent me a visual signal of my audio signal. And I just knew then everything was going to be okay. And I was so thrilled. And I, again, I was crying and I was happy and, uh, but I just knew that God was with me through this process. And um, forward on now, I'm at my uh, California trip and I'm driving around with a couple of my buddies and uh, we're going to see my favorite band. I'm like, hey, here's where I used to live. Here's where I went to school. Here's where my grandmother lived. Here's where my mom lived. Here's where I used to work. Or, and we're driving around and then all of a sudden, <laughs> and all of a sudden um, I start realizing like in a way as I start looking at this, like, oh my gosh, my life's flashing before my eyes. It's over a weekend, but I'm reliving everything I ever went through. And all of a sudden it made me think, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be okay. Um, and I started thinking, even if, even if I die through this for some reason, even if it doesn't turn out good, it's going to be okay. Cause I know what my, my fate is and it's to be with God one day. Mm. So I'm so skinny that you can see like the bones coming through. And my, and I told my friends that were heading to the beach. I'm like, Hey, let me run to the, the gym real quick. And, uh, I led to the gym at the hotel we're staying at. And my friends were like, why can't we just uh, go? What do you have to do that for? What are you going to work out now? And, and I kind of blew up at them, you know, like, cause I didn't want to tell them that the real truth was, is that I was actually getting kind of insecure in a way because I was so skinny and these bones were popping out. But I also realized because what was happening that two months from now, I may never be able to take my shirt off again. I may have this big, huge scar. This might be the last time I ever get to go to the beach and have my shirt off again. You know, we, we took a picture that day on the beach and I thought to myself, this is probably not be the last picture I take where I'm looking like a healthy guy, you know, because mm -hmm. things are about to change in my life and things are not going to be the same. 
So um, everything's set up for the surgery, and all of a sudden the uh, hospital calls me, or the or the doctor calls me, like like the day before or something. Like the doctor uh, all of a sudden has something rescheduled. We have to push your surgery back a week. I'm like. I have taken two months off work. I have people filling in for me. I have all these things going on. This isn't an easy thing to do. How am I going to do this? But if I didn't agree to it, then everything was off. So I had to agree to it. So that was the first thing. So anyway, luckily everybody worked with me, my job and everything. And we were able to reschedule everything till a week out. The night before the surgery, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready. Um, they, they gave me this thing I've got to put all over my body. <laughs> and it's like some sort of a I don't know what it is like this. And I don't know what it is actually, but mm-hmm. so I go in, but I also, I go into the shower and I, um, and I'm also going to clean myself up. Man, I'm about to have a surgery the next day. So everyone's going to be seeing me. So I clean myself up. I shave real good. I even shave my chest. You know, I'm looking good. Right. <laughs> I think, cause I'm not gonna, cause I'm have big scars and I, you know, so I'm trying to get myself ready for my uh, two months of recovery time. Well, all of a sudden I get out of the shower <laughs> and I put this alcohol thing on whatever it was. And all of a sudden I'm like, it's just burning because I just saved my body that I was just like, but I have to now, I'm supposed to leave it on, but I have to rinse it off. And I think it was supposed to, that's what's supposed to protect me from like maybe getting an infection or something. So all of a sudden the first thing is I, I, I have to rinse this off. Now I'm, I hope everything's going to be okay, you know? And um, then I go into the doctor and uh, the next morning at the hospital and they're like, okay, did you bring your x-rays? I'm like, my x-rays? Yeah, you had them on CD. Did you bring them with him? Like, don't you have those? No one told me I'm supposed to bring those with me. How am I supposed to, you know, so I'm freaking out now. Like, and so one of my roommates is at, uh, you know, I lived a couple of buddies at a house and I call up one of my guys asleep and I'm like, Hey, wake up. I need you to look for this. Bring me, go get this envelope, bring it here right now. Now it's rush hour time. And he has to drive from all the way across town. And he totally goes probably faster than he should. And he brings you <laughs> the envelope and he gets there and I open the envelope and the disc is not in there. So now the doctor's like, all right, we're just, we have to now postpone everything. It's going to be, we can't even set a date. Everything's not going to happen. So I'm like, <gasps> so he races home again, trying to find it. And instead um, he brings home this other big package I have, which are these old time, I mean, the big x-rays and uh, he brings them in and, uh, and the doctor and the nurse takes him to the doctor and the doctor says, you know what? The doctor will use these big, huge x-rays. It's not what he's used to using, but we'll go ahead and get you into the surgery. So everything is uh, back on schedule. So um, they will me away. And I remember saying uh, to everybody, goodbye, I'll see you soon. And, and I, uh, I go back in and, and I'm still in a happy mood because everything seemed like it's going to be fun. And I remember they take this uh, epidural, or I think that's what it's called, and they shoot it into the lower part of my back. And it, and it hurts so bad. And the nurse is like, like, breathe like fast or something or whatever she said. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I pass out. And then the next thing I do is I wake up and it happened so quick that I am laying here in a hospital bed thinking, man, the surgery didn't go through. And then I hear these nurses talking and they say, that guy in there, he just had his kidney removed. So I'm like, oh, the surgery did go through and my kidney's removed. So, all right, I have to accept it. Well, God, God actually was there with me and, and had uh, communicated to me in, in his own special way that. I was going to be fine. So even though I was sitting there in a hospital bed um, with my kidney out, um, I knew I was going to be okay. Uh, I'd made it through. Days later, I get released. And uh, here's where I will get a little fast forward. I uh, go into the doctor's office and uh, find out a few things. Remember, he tells me, um, well, it, it, during a couple of conversations, we find out this, that uh, he went in, he was able he, to save half my kidney. 
So uh, he didn't have to take out the whole kidney. In fact, he uh, only had to take out maybe a third of it. Mm. So I had two thirds of my kidney, not the whole kidney. There was no cancer in there. They thought the tumor did not have cancer in it. And because I had lost so much weight, he didn't have to take my ribs out. Wow. But back in August, uh, the friend that had gave me the ultrasound, he had uh, said, hey, come back in for another ultrasound. And I'd went in for a couple ultrasounds. And each time the tumor had not changed. And in fact, in August, uh, he did another ultrasound. And he said, he's like, you know what? He goes, nothing's changed. You might as well go back to eating whatever you want because this diet isn't changing you. So, so uh, it's not working. So I'm like, and I told him, I'm like, I never thought this diet was going to save me. I thought God was going to save me. But I knew I had to trust God and do everything that he brought my way. And that's what was going to work. And true enough, it was because of that diet that I lost so much weight. So God was with me the whole time. Wow. So I had two months worth of recovery. During that time, I was uh, contacted by uh, uh, a church that I had attended in the past and asked if, uh, hey, they were looking for stories about a new series they were going to have. And one of the guys that worked there said, hey, you know, can we use your story? And I was like, God told me my story was going to be used at a church. So, yeah, like, oh, my gosh, this is what God said. He said I was actually going to tell the story a year from now, but I guess this is it, you know. So, yeah, how, how exciting. Anyway, and then, Kurt, you reached out to me. You're like, hey, can I tell your story? At my church, I'm like, oh, wow, that's so cool. God told me my story was going to be told at church. So in any case, I just want to uh, get to the end of the story, and then we can talk about this more. And two months later, I was doing my classes, uh, you know, while I was recovering. I graduated from uh, college in December with honors. And at that point, I was done now. And God told me he, I needed to have that, the degree that I had never finished before because he had plans for me. And I just I trusted him. I didn't know what that was, but I trusted there were plans for me. About three weeks later, after I finished school, one of my friends says, hey, I see this church is looking for a children's director. Why don't you send in your resume? And I was like, mm, you know what? I just got done with school. I just got through with all this. I don't want to apply for something and be disappointed. So I'm not going to do it this time. But if it comes around a second time, then I will. Well, then all of a sudden, uh, you reach out to me and you're like, hey, Sin City Church is looking for a children's director. What? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to apply for it because, you know, I said the same thing. But I, in my way of thinking, if it comes around a second time, I thought, and, and this, is, this is a totally bad thinking on whoever they may have hired, because I'm like, they're going to hire someone, that person won't work out, and then they'll be looking again, and then <laughs> that's what I'll apply for. Well, I didn't, um, but instead what happened was you were the second time because all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to send them your resume or something. So you actually started <laughs> contacting, you contacted, like, hey, I've got the perfect person for you. And you, sent back, you started going back and forth. And you said, hey, send your resume to this person. And I did. And they set up an interview with me. And anyway, a couple weeks later, I uh, go through the interview, a couple interviews. And, and anyway, um, here's, the, here's the wonderful part is uh, they're like, hey, after, after looking at your experience and, and your education, we'd like to offer you the job, but not as children's director. We want to offer you the job as children's pastor. And so God, who had told me like, four or five years earlier, go back to school to get your degree because I have a job for you. And then three weeks later, a job opens up, perfect timing, and it was for a children's pastor, something that my dad, before he died, used to, when I told him I was working at a church, like, oh, I can't wait to come to you preaching. Like, that's not going to happen. And so in any case, now I'm a children's pastor, and I, which is just amazing that God, who knew that I was not perfect in the past, but he was like, you're not perfect, but I think you can, you're the perfect candidate for this job. So I started working there in February and uh, we had a big, huge uh, mega sports camp. So we had like a, you know, a hundred or so kids. And, um, and that was in July that, that we had the sports camp and the church was like, Hey, so to, at the end of the uh, sports camp, we're going to invite all the families back for that Sunday. And we want you to preach 
that Sunday, now I had never preached on stage before, but here it is, pretty much almost a, just a little over a year after God told me I was going to be telling my story in a church on a church stage. And now I'm told, hey, Mark, you're going to be preaching in July. And what did I talk about? I told my story on a church stage, just like God told me I was going to say. So when I look back from the very beginning, when I, when I went to my office in silence and I turned on that radio and all of a sudden God started playing that song from the very beginning, like it was just perfectly played from the start. Like I turned that song on individually and I said, God, I'm listening. I didn't realize I was going to be hearing so much. I was going to be hearing what God wanted me to do. And everything God told me came true. He saved me. The weird things that I thought could not be possible were possible. And, and because I had changed my diet through all of this, when I went to the doctor before and the doctors, doctor, all these things are going wrong with me. I mean, there was this long list. I, I sounded like a, like a men's commercial on the radio, but there was more than that. But he said that couldn't be fixed. Everything I complained to the doctor about was fixed. And so now when people saw me, I looked healthier. On the inside, I felt healthier. I wasn't miserable. And when I went to my doctor for the next checkup, every single measure that they would do, whether it was my blood pressure, my temperature, or whatever it was, was exactly perfect. The doctor's like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you're perfect. So I went from being unfixable to perfect. And it was all because I listened to God. So God took what could have been the very worst thing in my life, but because of my obedience to him for the first time, just listening to him and, and not telling anyone else. And by not going on social media and telling this, it wasn't just that I wasn't going to get the sympathy, but I wasn't also going to get people telling me like, oh my gosh, you know, here's what you're going to expect. And this happened to my brother and I didn't have anybody's uh, woe is me moments. I lived in perfect peace. In fact, the, during this time, I had so many great conversations with God. My faith with God grew so much stronger. My relationship grew in a way that I, I never knew. In fact, Kurt, you and I were talking about this earlier today, and not about this specifically, but like, I just thought that I was so close to God that I couldn't get any closer. And all of a sudden, God just totally just changed me in a way that I just never knew that could exist. And in fact, I was sitting with God one day, just thinking about this, my upcoming surgery. And all of a sudden, it was like God and I were standing together on, on Hoover Dam, you know, on the drive, on the part you can drive on. And, and, we, and, and I looked over Hoover Dam and the water was up to the edge and it was all black and churning and it was so scary looking. And I looked at it and even though it was so scary, God was telling me, hey, there is something scary out there, but you don't need to be afraid. And I was never afraid during this whole entire thing mm. for the first time in my whole entire life. I gave all my worries to God. I gave all my, I trusted God in a way I'd never had before. And because of that, and this is what I believe, and this is what I want to share with everyone. For the first time I was so obedient, I didn't have a plan B. I knew that plan A was the only plan. And because I trusted in that, there was no little highways or sideways. I was on the freeway, the main place God wanted, the path he wanted for me. And that's where everything worked out so well. That, that now that's the advice I give to others that when you go to God, you know, just trust in him with, I don't, I know I'm getting off on a tangent, but I kind of think that sometimes we get stuck like in a cul-de-sac. We're just going around and around and around and around because we're just stuck there. We won't let God heal us. But when we finally say, God, get me out of here. God's like, make a turn right here and I'll show you the path to take. And for the first time in my life, I was on the right path. And ever since then, I've lost the worry, the big worry. Now I still find myself getting frustrated with you know, cars that might cut me off and I'm learning how to try to even deal with that on a better basis. But 
my life, it was just changed in a change in a way that I will, I would do all this over again. If I had the choice between being healed forever or f- having another kidney tumor, I mean, I would take the tumor in a second because mm. it just changed my life. And uh, God just revealed himself to me in a way that it would never have happened before. And I, and I'll say this, I could have never been the children's pastor God had wanted for me. I could have worked at a church, but now I can honestly tell people, trust God. He is for real because I can vouch for that myself. And from your own experience. I mean, I, from my own experience. And even though I knew that before, it just wasn't the same as the way it is now. Now I know it in my heart. Before I knew it in my head. Now I know mm-hmm. it in my heart. 18-inch <laughs> journey. You know, it's interesting, though, Mark, the way you – you just confess, God, what, I'm listening. And then you actually listened. You made space to cut out all the other noise in your life, right? The things that you would have turned to normally to feel comfort, you you removed those and stayed silent for God's voice. And he honored that. Because you got rid of the coping mechanisms that you would normally go to, You know, like what Moses, God says to Moses at the burning bush, I keep coming back to this. He said, take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground, right? And what those sandals represented is the cushioning that would keep Moses from experiencing the sharpness of the ground, right? Experiencing deeply the things that could wound him, the things that were dangerous. And God said, no, remove all the things that would cushion you from feeling that. I need you to feel this deeply. And in that place of really getting rid of the sandals, Moses was careful to uh, watch where he was walking and be very present to what God had for him. So in other words, because he was he was willing to feel deeply the danger and this you know, how scary his circumstances were without going to anything to cope with it, he was sensitive to God's presence in a way he wasn't before. And that's what you did by listening to God and saying, God, I'm listening. And you took away the radio, you took away everything that you used to listen to and to, uh, to make you feel better. Now you were experiencing your deep you know, your deepest fears and things like that. And that created a sensitivity in that silence to God. And that is really so important. That is so true. And uh, hearing you say that, I mean, you're right, man. That just blows my mind. I mean, that's just incredible. You're right, dude. I mean, I didn't, I never looked at it the way you just said it. I mean, I knew it happened, so I believed it. (laughs) Just when I get to hear the way that you just get to represent this now, I mean, that's how amazing God is. And you're right when I say I'm just so thankful that God just revealed himself to me so that not only to heal me, but so that I could go on, like he said, and tell other people that about, about my story, because it's really his story. Because <laughs> today it was, it was Mark Messagy. No, it's, 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 it's a Dr. Mark, back to Mark Messagy, because this is God's story. It really yeah, is. <laughs> you're right. It's really, it's crazy. You know, like the last few weeks, Kim and I have been doing this thing called Scripture Listening Prayer practicing that on the show live for people to follow along and learn this process with us. Well, it's something that I do every morning. So I'm very familiar with it. You, you read the scripture three times and the first time you're reading, you're, you're asking God to reveal a word or phrase or sentence to you to highlight it out of the scripture. Second time you read it, 
the passage, you're asking God to show you your emotional response. Well, the third time you read it, you're asking God, what is your gift or invitation for me today? And this is what I'm getting to. This is, this is what I heard from God this morning. Uh, these particular verses out of uh, the message version of Romans 10. In verse 13, it says, everyone who calls help God gets help. And then this verse 17, the point is before you trust, you have to listen. Ooh. And so what I wrote down from those those two passages, what God's invitation was for me today was this, ask and listen, Kurt, ask and listen. Make this your lifestyle in every moment. Ask and listen. That's exactly what you did, Mark. Your whole story is you stopping and saying, God, I'm listening. You asked for him to speak, said, I'm listening. And then you stopped and you listened and God spoke. And it took time. It didn't happen you didn't just go to, you know, the divine drive through put it in the divine microwave <laughs> and get your answers. You spent a lot of time listening. You made space. You asked and made space and God answered. And those answers brought transformational, abundant life. You aligned yourself with God's word and his word is always true and what's best for us. You, you heard you were sensitive to know when God was speaking, whether it was through the radio, which might sound crazy to somebody else, but it, it made sense to you and you aligned with it. And look what God did. It's such an incredible message for all of us. You know, and you are so filled with gratitude and thanksgiving and praise for what God did. That's what came out of this. And not only you, but everyone who walked through this with you because of you stopping and asking and listening. Everyone who went through this with you got to see and share in the goodness of God and got to be thanking God with you. Everyone who gave you the advice that you heard God clearly speaking through them, they all got to share in the glory that you shared in God's glory and goodness. So it did, your asking and listening affected more than just you. And then you got to share your story through multiple platforms and more people got to hear how God turned your mess into your message and your tragedy into triumph. And so Mark, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for asking God to speak and then making the time to listen. And I think this is an encouragement to all of us in this, this time where we go into the holidays right? Where it's going to get crazy as we start to um, prepare for Christmas. We just came out of Thanksgiving and now we're preparing for Christmas. But let's not lose the point of the holidays, Christ Mass, right? Advent, God with us, right? He's with us now and he's speaking. Are we going to let ourselves get so busy preparing for Christmas that we don't listen to the God who we're celebrating. And, and your story is the encouragement of what happens when we intentionally ask God, I'm, I'm listening, speak, and we make the time. We make the time to listen. So thank you, Mark. That's an amazing story. And I so thank you for sharing it with us today you but mainly thank you god for giving me this story yes. for letting me have a story to tell 
Mm. I just, there were so many times that I would go out into my courtyard and I would just sit there in this one chair and I would just look up and I would see a star and I just, for some reason, it was just God's light. And, and I would just, just have these conversations that never existed before. And now I can still go back and just sit in that spot. And it's just like, it's like an old friend. Cause I just, I just feel the same joy. I feel the same loving arms of God wrapping around me and my life will never be the same anymore. And just thank you, God, for revealing yourself to me in a way that you, that I had never been listening before. You were there. I wasn't. Mm. You know, you, you just shared something that I think is important is uh, a friend of mine once told me this and I'd forgotten until you shared that you've selected a space where you are very comfortable, like whether it's outdoors or indoors where you're like, this is, this is a, a place where you can sit and feel contentment and you choose that space to go where you be with God. And that chair, because of your experience, became that God space for you. And so that's, I think that's a good practice. If you have a hard time connecting with God, find a place you're really comfortable that, that feels, um, that, that just gives you joy. You know, for me, it's a, a lot of the times it's been outdoors over the years, going and being still with God outdoors. So that's a good point. Mark, to, to wrap this up, uh, would you, uh, would you mind, like, this is your story and there's a lot of people out there that needed to hear this. Would you mind praying for people that maybe in similar circumstances or at least going through tragedies that they are not seeing any triumph in? Would you mind praying for them? You know, it would, it would be my pleasure and honor to, to do that. And I'd be, I'd be happy to, uh, if, if now's a good time, I'd be happy to pray. Yeah. Dear God, I'm just so thankful for you. I'll start off with saying, God, I praise you for everything this, amazing planet. You've just given us everything we need, God. I mean, the food's already here. You take care of us. You know, we need love. So you created that. You not only created our families, you've even created pets, God. So people who are alone, like maybe senior citizens or whoever it may be, God, they can still have somebody right there giving them love every day. That's how wonderful you are to us, God. God, I want to thank you that, God, I, I could have, I could have not listened to you that day, God. And my life would have went on and, and all of a sudden one day in the in far, far, far away, I would have been met with destruction as that kidney problem finally uh, became uh, too big to tackle, God. But you were there for me and you revealed yourself to me that very moment, God, and through that whole time. And God, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I laughed at myself for saying I was listening to you, God, but that wasn't funny. That was what we all need to do, God. That is the true way to know what you want, God. It's just to be silent with you. God, if you'll just speak to these people hearts, anyone who's suffering, God, anyone who feels lost, whether it's because maybe they got in a fight, maybe they're lost because they're not feeling good. Maybe they're lost because they lost someone, God. There's so many different reasons that we can feel separated from the joy you give us, God. But let us never forget that the joy is always with us, that we can be in a battlefield surrounded by atrocities, God. You're in our heart, God. You've given us the Holy Spirit, and we can be okay if we just always know that because you're with us and you have great plans for us in the future, whether it's on this, in this life or the next one, God. So for anyone out there that's suffering, God, for anyone that's lost, for anyone that doesn't know what they're going to do, God, please give them the place, give them the circumstances, give them the position they need to be on, God, where they can 
not be distracted by anything else, God, and they can hear your word for the first time so they know what it's like so they can hear you again and again, God. I just thank you for the way you've came into my life, God, the way you've opened my eyes, my ears, my heart, God. I ask you to use me in any way you can to share your message. And I hope that anyone else that's hearing these words today, God, if their lives can be improved in any way, that they'll go out and they'll again not share their story. They'll share your story of how you fixed them, God. You built us, God, and you're the only one that can do that. We love you, God. I'm just so thankful for you, everything you've done for us, the plans you have for us that we know about, the plans we don't, the things we don't even know you've done, God. You've just set everything up. And God, I heard that song, but somebody else is going to hear something different. It's not going to be music for them. But God, let whatever it is, the way that you need to communicate to, to whoever it may be that's going through something, God, let them surrender and say that they're listening and let them be obedient to the plans you have for them, God. You're the only way. God, I ask you uh, for your blessings again for, for anyone listening today so we can create more disciples, so we can do your work, and we can have a, a revival right here on earth, God. Not only the day Jesus comes, but prior to that. God, I thank you for saving me in every way for my sins and the way I listened to you that day and the way you actually healed me, God, in a, in a miraculous way that, God, Hallmark couldn't make a movie this good. God, you're absolutely, absolutely amazing, God. And I love you, and I thank you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show today. Kurt, thank you for allowing me to, uh, to talk about God. It's been a, a real privilege. And for me. <laughs> and I'm hoping one day we'll have you back for a couple other incredible stories, God stories that you have hidden in your life that I know about, that I, I can't wait for the day where uh, God leads you to share those too, because they're going to be amazing for people to hear. Well, so because then, I trust God so much, and because I trust you, Kurt, that, trust that day will happen. <laughs> yeah. Until then, love you, man. Take care. You too. Hey, before we go, there are a few things you might need to know. If you want to get a hold of us for any reason, if you have questions, you have concerns, you want help with anything, or you want to support what we're doing, you can reach us at lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com. lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page simply called Life Hurts God Heals. You can like us, follow us, and then you can make comments or ask questions there. We would love to hear from you. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Take care.